0: Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes.
1: I don't know what that was. 240. 74,
0: 100, 69, 105, 5 127, thousand... thousand... One One so, 12, 15, 16, 4. 25,000. 18, 75, infinity. Whoa! I don't know which one it was. I, I was going for. Uh,
1: I know. Okay, when, it's you, hard when you're on the spot. It?
0: Yeah, sorry. Well, now you know how I felt for the first <laughs> like two seasons. Uh. I'm like, oh, damn it. I, didn't, I wasn't even. I didn't get to be in on the joke <laughs> until the second round. Uh, okay, today on our show, clocking in at 88 minutes, we're talking about 1971's and now for something completely different. Directed by Ian McNaughton with animation segments directed by Terry Gilliam. This, of course, being the uh, basically best of Monty Python movie, Mm -hmm. Um, intended to be like a breakthrough for American audiences, Uh, didn't do so hot, but uh, yeah, it's fine. Particularly if you're a fan of Python, you know.
1: Are you a fan of Python, Jer?
0: I am a fan of Python. Um, All I can say is that it's hard for. You know, like this movie doesn't feel nearly as subversive as it should, considering it's like, well, I've number one, I've seen all of this stuff before. Although, to be fair, I don't remember most of it. Like there's only a handful of them that I've seen that like stand out as the live, you know, sketch show that it was. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I've We were uh, we we kind of grew up on meaning of life. Meaning of life is more edgy and uh, therefore I don't know I, gi- I, I give it the edge I like meaning of life a little bit more uh, but again there's nothing wrong with this movie I'm a fan of Python very well how about you sir you you have a, a statement prepared
1: <laughs> we have one side of the coin here here's the other uh, yes I do because I was watching this and I even though there was probably three or four sketches left I was like I've made up my mind about this movie <laughs> <laughs> all right i think this okay here we go i think this movie largely signifies a change in comedy and arguably for the better but also it's a different culture executing for its time some nihilistic anarchist comedy that i'm sure had all the stuffy brits dropping their monocles into their champagne at the time but for me i can only handle so much of this type of comedy and this le- level level it's too dry at times, too self-referential in meta, as if they're really proud of how potentially offensive or shocking their sketch was that they just have to talk about it afterwards in some kind of fourth wall, breaking even stuffier delivery from another one of their similarly stuffy dry characters. And Gilliam's formula gets pretty familiar pretty quickly too cue the anthropomorphized object that gobbles someone with a funny <laughs> fucking sound effect to a there's a him. lot
0: of gobbling in this movie
1: and i've talked about this before with other comedies but when the performers seem like they know they're making a slam dunk it's really cringe and with this movie it reeks of this because these are the best of so they know they're winners and there's no risk or earnestness to this movie at all like i remember um this is a really small example but i had to remake a short film because i couldn't get it off the physical disc for a play that had a video component and let's just say it was rushed it wasn't half as funny as the original and that's like the air i got from this movie you know what which I mean? one was that uh flash and die the mockumentary about the oh, dog
0: okay I, yeah i kind of remember that now. i
1: reshot that shot for shot and it was just like this isn't as nearly as good as and that's like the vibe sure. i got from this even though i'm not even familiar with the tv it just reeked of like higher budget but like this time they're like guys we got this like um and honestly if you're just going to use women as props in this make the dudes dress as them By the time we get to the accountant sketch, I'm like, this is the best they have also. Like, this is the best they have. And I feel like it should have come with a play program so I know when it's over and how many more sketches there are before it's done. Because it just Mm -hmm. felt like a bad play where it's just like, all right, I got to look at the program here.
0: Well, to be fair, you can do that. I know. You can see the exact sketch list, which is how we're basically going to be breaking down this movie when we get to it.
1: So sorry for dunking so hard on it. It's just not for me, obviously.
0: That's fine. And you know what? Uh, It's probably um, sacrilege to say this as two people who fancy themselves comedians, but I I totally get people not digging Monty Python. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I understand their place, but at the same time, sometimes just respecting someone's place is enough and you don't have to really like their material. Mm. Or uh, something can knock them down you know off the rungs for you know like on a a certain level you have to still respect bill cosby's career but you don't have to be like you could be like i don't want to listen to it anymore and (laughs) fuck the man himself yeah um so you know i I respect python's place but i'm also like some of this stuff i'm just like no not for i i literally was dozy during some of these sketches especially when we get to like the middle to the second half of this movie Mm mm-hmm
1: I think it, it probably opens with one of, I thought the strongest and more th- most imaginative sketches, right?
0: I agree. I think that they, they open as strong <laughs> as they, but they, they. they open strong and then it just kind of goes downhill from there.
1: I agree. And like um, as it like it, it really made me it, it tickled me to watch this knowing that this is their second time executing the parrot sketch and they would not learning their lesson from this movie go and do it live on SNL to crickets like in 97 right like word for word yeah. didn't
0: they uh, yeah, no, it was the sketch. The and two no of them...
1: one like everyone was like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, like, yeah, that's the was... vibe I got. I was it was you
0: know... I mean, that was uh my first experience with that sketch, mm-hmm. you know, growing up because we were. OK, the...
1: so you're like the prime audience because you're young. You probably never seen it, you haven't seen it before. Did it like make an impression on you? Yeah, it really? did. Actually, <laughs> I was I was like, what is this
0: thing? Like, why is it just the two of them? And it's such a weird premise for a sketch. And then I just remember being like, what the fuck is this ending? Because I and, you know, to be fair, it's been a long time since I've seen like watched the full parrot sketch from Monty Python's Flying Circus. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember exactly if it ends with the same transition that this one does. But they essentially do the police officer thing from the movie, which is like, do you want to go back to my place? And he's like, I thought you'd never ask, and they just like, like they, that's how they end that sketch uh-huh. on SNL. I don't remember how it ends on Flying Circus. That s- makes me feel ignorant, but uh, that was another thing that stuck out to me is just being like, what? That's a weird. I was so used to an American SNL ending for a sketch that when I saw that, I was like, where is that coming from? So I, I don't know. It did stick out to me when I first saw it. Um, and then you watch it in this and it's just like, that's, I think there's a couple things that only work in front of a live audience mm-hmm. and this does, it, it completely falls flat for me in this, uh, maybe because I've seen it so many times already, but maybe because it's just like, it doesn't translate well without an audience.
1: I, yeah, I just, um, like I said in my statement, I think, uh, culturally and also for its time great, you know, like I'm sure Brits today are still quoting. I know there's they're quoting certain sketches the sure. same way we I mean, we yeah. quote, like, uh, you know, old uh, I don't know, Carol Burnett, maybe. I, no, actually, no one's quoting <laughs> Carol Burnett. <laughs> no, we quote old, SNL, quote old you know? SNL, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, I, I just like it's just not for me. I recognize that, so I was pretty checked so- out of this.
0: We uh we we did start to get in. We said they started strong, so let's just break it down, yeah. sketch by sketch. Uh, it starts with "How Not to Be Seen," mm-hmm. originally from Series Two, Episode Eleven of Monty Python's Flying Circus. I'll go ahead and do that because it's already on the Wikipedia page here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that that's to me is it's the funniest start because it's just like this shot of like nothingness, just just trees and stuff, and you're like, what is the premise of this? And then you think for a moment. That the, like it starts and then it sounds like the the joke is like oh you can't see them and therefore the shot is just going to be this stagnant shot when he's like this is Mr. So and So but then he stands up and then gets blown up and everybody gets blown up and you know it
1: it becomes malicious like the like the this omniscient narrator is tracking down these unseen hiding people in the shrubs and you find out why it's because this guy is killing them he's blowing up the places they're hiding he's like this is Mr. so and so he thinks like he's he, he you know he can't be seen right now but we know where he is kaboom <laughs> like and and the way that it's presented in sort of like that documentary very serious like style i think that's what they i'm like to myself is this the only thing they're good at monty python is presenting that sort of serial film of like with the voiceover like satire and then you take like a ridiculous thing and you make that a a a cultural sensation in a news report that they're talking about you know what i mean like grannies beating up people on the streets like that's another winner you know
0: um it's definitely something they do well yeah you know
1: it's yeah, it's I one of the that. paints on there easel is what Jerry's saying for me I'm like what else you got <laughs> <laughs> what other
0: color I'm not a big fan of orange what do you got in a cool color
1: I did love this one though I thought this was like and to, when you don't have a budget i I think the less money you have the more imagination your 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 bars should fluctuate and with this mm-hmm. it's like the perfect balance you know of a, yeah
0: I, I mean I just love that it's just very wide shots that don't really move. That's it. Yeah. It's like the cheapest, <laughs> just some b- very basic pyrotechnics enhanced with audio sound effects.
1: And it just, it, what it what really enhances it is like just, just uh, the power of writing and voiceover acting and editing. It, it takes just a, sh- a wide shot of a shrub being blown up and it completely recontextualizes the whole <laughs> goddamn thing. You know, it's sure. incredible. Uh, yeah. But then it's all down here from, <laughs> from here, folks. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, I'll tell you who my favorite is. I like Michael Palin. He's probably. I was gonna. Yeah, we didn't.
0: We didn't get to that question earlier. We were texting before recording, and uh, I, I, I too am, am team Palin. Palin. Uh, okay. Palin. Michael Palin, actually. Okay. Palin. Um, I think. Fuck, I don't know. We'll, we'll no, I've always Palin. heard Michael Palin. All right. You know? Like Sarah Palin. I one didn't want to necessarily make that association if, if it was unwelcome. Um, but yeah, he's always been, well, no, I was, as a kid, I always liked Eric Idle because he was the first one that I somewhat found recognizable. Like, cause you know, he's showed up in so much other shit. Yes. yes. In American, and you know, just, American shit.
1: He strikes me as the leader. He strikes me as the Paul and Cleese is like, I guess the John.
0: <laughs> he certainly got the attitude of a John. And this what it seems
1: like and you, you're saying, Jared, that to my point earlier, no one seems like they're dunking harder than John Cleese in this movie. Right. So no, satisfied. What,
0: what it was, was I found it the most off putting. Like we were talking about the energies and who we don't like. Yeah. Dan said he was not a fan of Eric. I We'll not. get into reasons why later. Sure. Later. But for, and then, you know, I said, for me, I found John Cleese to be the most obnoxious in this movie. And it's just because, like, the energy of John Cleese that we grew up with is, you know, that scene from Great Muppet Caper. It's... R uh, from World is R R from the the Bond movies. Yeah. Other cameo things that we've just seen him around, you know. So for me... Out-of-towners. To have this explosive, (laughs) like, anger and, and just, like... He was doing an energy that I was just like. This feels like you're reaching for an energy that isn't really suited for you. Mm. That's what it read like to me. In at least in the in the context, yes, in the context of this movie, it was mm-hmm. just like this is a bad comparison because it's not the same thing. But I was just like, where is this Jim Carrey level of energy that's coming <laughs> from John Cleese? Like, why is this all what he's delivering to us? But I, I understand that there is more of that in his career. You know, like I've seen some Faulty Towers, and I like I, I get yeah. it. But like He's for a me, it's just
1: straight man in in Faulty Towers. Love him in that
0: show. Sure. Yeah. It's just like I'm used to a a room temperature John Cleese. Yes. And this was steaming. This is <laughs> yes. a steaming cup of Cleese. And I was not ready for it.
1: I agree. It's like um, and you can project so many other comedy troupe dynamics onto this, like kids in the hall or like whitest kids, you know, if they had a mm-hmm. movie, this is like akin to the kind of anarchy they might have going on. Sure. Uh, when I say so many, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the state. <laughs> Perhaps. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. <clears throat> for sure.
1: But, uh, uh, we, yeah.
0: We get some opening animation, ti- uh, you know, from Terry Gilliam, some just main title animation. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it doesn't, none, of, none of the animation really stands out to me. Uh, like. I've I've always found this to be like the least enjoyable part mm-hmm. of any Monty Python is seeing the animated animated segments. I like uh, his style. With the exception of the tree in Meaning of Life, that whole thing, like the suicidal leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. F- yeah. funny, but yeah. other than that, I've always found the animation to be like, all right, can we just get to like people?
1: Feels like he cultivated a style and I have to just like you with Monty Python themselves. I have to respect him for at least that, like like that cut out kind of graphic art, like news clippings, but but animating them by crudely moving them frame by frame. I mean,
0: 100 percent like you can see Terry Gilliam in South Park, you know, like. Oh, yeah. It's it's very much. Yeah. uh, 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 You understand where we got or how we got there from here.
1: I'd love to. And I'm sure he's had like art exhibitions at museums like terry gilliam like he's here for a week showing us paintings videos like i'd love to see that but um i kind of it did kind of great on me but in that setting in a museum setting i would like it much more it's like oh another gobbler i guess this is his gobbler period (laughs) the gobbler wing so yeah i have to respect it but yeah it got redundant um yeah
0: moving on Uh, We move on to Man with a Tape Recorder Up His Nose from Series 1, Episode Uh 9. This is not a funny sketch. No. On paper, for the most part in execution, I will say, I'll tell you what makes this sketch actually work for me. Okay. And it is solely Michael Palin holding up the finger and then presenting it to the other sides of the stage. Like, everybody see what I'm about to do? Yeah. And then touching the nose. That's that, the only thing that works in this sketch.
1: It's that Python eruditeness that they're playing up, and you'll see that at its po- full potential in the very last sketch of this fucking uh, uh, movie, the twit one, ensemble. the upper yeah. class twit one. Uh, they didn't do the funny walk guy in this uh, movie. That's
0: I was uh, a little surprised by that too. I was like, I've I've seen that so many times. That yeah you're surprised that that didn't make it into the cut particularly around the 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 silly segment you know Mm -hmm.
1: can i say something like this is a comedy thing is when you you go out there and you say and now this like i'm going to tell you the premise because i just not because we're so confident because i'm just like this is just how we choose to execute this It's, it's already you're already uh not winning me over
0: no, when you open with the punchline, it's very difficult to actually, like, win us over with any kind of reverse setup. Exactly. But again, that's that's why I say the only thing that works about this sketch is the finger.
1: Yeah. Remember the Seth Rogen mobile, Jer? Yeah. How'd that go?
0: Uh, it didn't go. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go at all.
1: Do you suspect it was because you you said what it was at the beginning? Or you have to, to make it, just to do it. Anyway.
0: Yeah, it's... It, it's but just, it's a mediocre bit.
1: I just, I don't like it when they say what it is up front. So no, sometimes no it works here. that I
0: can't, I can't think of any context off the top of my head mm-hmm. other than like, I think, no, yeah, I had, maybe I'm, I had maybe nothing, I am, but no, there are,
1: maybe I'm being too hard. It's like Zach Galifianakis he'll present a character, he'll execute it, then we'll laugh, like, in his old yeah. stand-up. Yeah,
0: all right. But even in a full <laughs> sketch format, there is still a way to make it funny, uh-huh. particularly if it's, like, a clothesline sketch, where it's just, like, we need to tell you, like, here's the premise, and we're just going to show you every funny version of this, and that's basically the sketch.
1: Hard out. It has to be short. If you're going to do that, like... <clears throat> and now, uh man kicking himself in the face. <laughs> you get the drum roll, kick in the face cut like it should be stuff like that's the you know acceptable like 30 second like bits yeah. for me
0: or you have to do something subversive after that where like he gets injured way more than you would expect <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it can't just you cannot right. reveal the punchline and expect it to work fully after that
1: that's yeah that's exactly all I wanted to say I, um, I, uh, I am with you on there. now the next one is like a Mr. Show sketch dare I say
0: the next one even though preceded it, it just, I was like, well, this, like, everyone has seen this in the opening segment of SNL, basically. We did? I mean, we're talking about the dirty Hungarian phrase book? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of just like the idea of, you know, he starts speaking to the clerk behind the counter Uh and I'm thinking this just reminds me of, I would like to feed your fingertips to the Wolverines. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, it's that thing. We've seen it where the guy, which makes me
1: English is misleading the foreigner, like intentionally. Yeah. It's just teaching
0: him phrase, like, you know, phrases that just, well, you'd never hear that. And, but it was like, (laughs) it, it made me, It made me angry at SNL a little bit because I was just like, God damn, that is so close to this sketch. It's almost offensive. Because
1: what year was that, like 75 when Belushi did it? Yeah, and this was 70, at least this movie came out in
0: 71. The movie came out in 71, 72 in the United States.
1: Yeah, so there you go. Belushi was like, we'll just steal that. We'll just do that. Yeah. Yeah um but no what what i the reason i think it's a mr show sketch is not because the the initial premise of what we're talking about basically it's uh john cleese goes into a tobacconist's shop this is what wikipedia says reads from his frames book and says i will not buy this record It is scratched." and we're like okay and then he says some other things that are inappropriate and the guy tries saying something back to him in hungarian i think he gets punched right and Basically, that's not the funny part. The funny part is it cuts to the court case and there's a voiceover saying it escalated. And the real crime was the guy who wrote the book and was intentionally misleading foreigners, like, and him at the court case, you know?
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah. The Mr. Show, like, moving to a different sketch, but transitioning through context.
1: Not only that, but taking it, like, to another level, still continuing the sketch, realizing that's not so much the funny part. It's that weird this weird little pocket of this uh, story of this, the, the guy who is, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But, and, and uh, here's the thing that you'll start to realize throughout this movie is that even though it's not as funny as some of the stuff we've seen, mm-hmm. it makes me at least look at some of the stuff that we've seen and go, Oh, I respect it just slightly less now because I just see that you're just copying or doing Monty Python. Even hmm. if you're not like, if you're, if you think it's an homage or whatever, but like, That watching this sketch made me go, Oh yeah, this is what Mr. Show does. So this is that was nothing groundbreaking that they did.
1: The Segwitters and stuff or the You know, like
0: they it's almost like they get too many too much credit for it.
1: You're you're right. Like uh I did have flashbacks of when we were talking about Run Ronnie Run and how I said and it, it, I still agree that Mr. Show is revolutionary, but yeah, maybe a little less so after seeing what they're doing in this. So you have to give them the tip of the cap, of the derby mm-hmm. cap to, to it's, Monty Python.
0: It's literally the same thing, and like it's a it's a lame comparison, but like it's mm-hmm. the same thing as the Beatles, where it's like as a kid I was just like I don't give a shit about the Beatles. They're an old band. All these songs kind of sound annoying to me, uh-huh. and as I get older and older. Even if I don't really like the songs that much, I'm just like, I get it. Like, yeah. like yes, this was yep. new. This was something different. Yeah. So I have to, I have to th- throw it to them, you know? For
1: someone who likes exhaustively long documentaries, I'm surprised you didn't watch the Peter Jackson one in its entirety on Disney Plus. To justify your that, subscription also.
0: <laughs> that seemed really Indulgent? just boring. <laughs> it, no, it just seemed like it seemed too fly on the wall. It is very. Where I'm just like, I, I need something to break this up. It's like,
1: like when we used to hang out in the basement and used to le- let the camera run.
0: And who the fuck wanted to watch <laughs> that? Why would I do that? Dude, I just did it if, in case something good came out of it. If you're and clearly, obsessed
1: with the Edens or the Beatles in this case, you will watch anything they're in, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I am not, however, and therefore <laughs> I uh,
1: yeah have, have, have I'm, had no interest. I'm but, not, but I watched it and I, I enjoyed it a lot
0: there there's an element there's a part of me that goes i probably would start to like it when i see them putting together a song that i eventually recognize when i'm like oh that's oh shit that's how they got to that yeah i i can
1: yeah i get it but you get a lot of that in part one and then like parts two and three is them infighting and kind of dicking around and then part four is that rooftop show it's all about the rooftop show the jam yeah um yeah, I just, spoilers <laughs> for the... <laughs> I'm spoiling a documentary Oh, all. But no, like, um, dirty Hungarian phrasebook. Like, if I had to rate each of these when I go and I didn't, I would give this one, like, a, a 7 because of that second half where uh, the guy's at the court case and he's defending himself. Um, the next one is uh, animation here. We got hands as plants and animals. The land of hands.
0: A, that was okay. Yeah, I I I didn't mind that. We're still early in these animations, so I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah, a guy riding a hand like that is kind of funny.
1: Um, a shaver's suicide. That is, one's funny and grim.
0: Yeah, it's because it's quick. He covers a lot of whole lathering face. and then yeah. phew, cuts it his head. Out.
1: Yeah, you're like, all right.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like whatever.
1: You're like, all right.
0: Sorry. Uh, uh, series two, episode three and series two, uh, series two, episode one, respectively, for those two. I
1: didn't realize scenes. Gilliam's playing the fucking hits, too, here with his animations.
0: <laughs> I think it's I mean, it is. It's just like the best of Let's like, like, let's just with as little money as possible, bring them the sketches that we've done a billion times and know by heart so we don't have to worry about memorizing or writing a new script. Man, it's just it's like a, it's easy easy fucking it'd be like turning marijuana rama into a movie that just plays like this it'd yeah. be super fucking easy
1: but in the age of streaming we wouldn't fucking need this movie because people just watch the show you know
0: i don't know man like history of the world part two is a lot of these short bite sketch you know segments but, it,
1: but history of the world part two wasn't a series that already executed these sketches you know what i mean like, like we already had these sketches, like, uh, just yeah, like yeah, I, this I, I, wasn't I, the streaming era. So they're like, somebody's got to see this somehow. So I guess feature well, film.
0: I mean, and again, it's the kind of the, you know, most people, the only way they would have seen any Monty Python in the States in mm-hmm. 1972 would have been maybe on PBS. Yes. Because like I think that's like how, yeah, that's, like, that's how, how we Dad saw it. Saw it. Yeah. And that's how, that's why it was such a, a nerd thing, because like so few people saw it and like they would have to like stay up and seek it out yeah um so with that in mind i get the point of it you know it's like when in 1996 they tried to make an american doctor who movie for the american audiences made for american tv on fox Uh huh. and i remember when it aired because i remember dad wanting to record it and making a big deal out of it when it was his weekend oh my god and you know it just didn't work the way that they wanted America. Now yeah, I have American to watch audiences.
1: that. I gotta download that and watch that movie. I gotta seek it out uh, and watch every YouTube documentary about it. Also, I wonder if
0: it's on. Well, I mean, Doctor Who is coming or is on Disney Plus. And now
1: it's on HBO now? Max. But I, I hear it definitely. No, Disney. Is. Trust me, de- it's on HBO Max.
0: Well, Disney is like got the rights to new episodes. I hear so maybe maybe it will. The catalog will show up eventually. On, I don't know.
1: As I was about to say,
0: <laughs> I hear
1: like it's just like I'm about to say the news, and you're like, I, you're speculating. I'm like, here's the news: they are giving it to Disney Plus. Eventually, yes. Doctor Who will be on Disney Plus. That's confirmed. Yeah. Yes. So there uh,
0: you go. You're going maybe eventually. I don't, I'm just saying. I don't know if the movie counts as one of those things that like because. It was a Fox Television property. I don't know what the right situations are for that, and if that will show up on either. Ah,
1: that yeah, I just yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. Um,
0: I'll
1: find it. The next one is a negative ten out of. Uh, 10.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, this is like I and I am like I'm even trying to like give it a little bit of credit because of like maybe in 1972 this was very um subversive but now it is just like the Creepy. second this sketch starts you know where it's going and yeah it's just not funny at all
1: it's not funny it's it's actually quite uncomfortable like the whole thing it's like hey guys do you like uh cucks and like to see it live like the kind of stuff that like your your cousin masturbates to like your aggro cousin this is, is this basically what's
0: going on here. Is this the point where you texted me that you don't like Eric Idle?
1: Yeah. And no, it was that, no, it was the next one because I was like, cause I'm like, if he wrote the nudge nudge and, and I didn't even get to the, the end of the sketch. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. It's a guy who wants to fuck a guy's wife. And then the earlier one, he fucked a guy's wife. It's like, Fuck Eric Idle if he wrote these <laughs> sketches. Like All his sketches are about just sleeping with dudes' wives or trying to. It's just like one-track mind, ladies and gentlemen. Not only that, but his face is very punchable. And it's weird because he looks like Weird Al, a face I don't want to punch.
0: You think he looks like Weird Al? Me and Katie
1: are, like, we're like, doesn't he look like Weird Al? Yeah, he looks like Weird Al.
0: I guess maybe a similar <laughs> face shape. It's just he's got these different, like, the eyes are too far off like if he's I, got these different eyebrows and eyes
1: if I want a voice and energy like this I turn to Malcolm McDowell I don't need Eric Idle I just got Malcolm <laughs> McDowell for that shit he's funnier Malcolm McDowell to be perfectly well, he,
0: honest to be well Malcolm McDowell is an actor <laughs> but he's Eric like Idle I know. Is, a, is, is a funny song and dance man
1: when Malcolm McDowell though, plays funny he's very funny
0: <laughs> he's very funny <laughs> he said with authority <laughs>
1: but uh yeah like okay so the marriage guy and counselor basically yeah he fucks the guy's wife in front of him he's like and the guy's still trying to figure out like what's wrong with his marriage the counselor's like getting behind like one of those stands what do you even call those those accordion style like dresser stands
0: yeah I don't know I'm looking at this now series one episode two so this would have been like 1969 when this sketch first aired on television Mm -hmm. so I guess you know British television probably more like oh my god you know probably more shocked by this but
1: and then in a very Lars von Schreer-esque ending our guy our cuck gets a call to action from like a voice of God John Cleese you know who, who else right and uh, to go back in and defend himself and his, his honor and his wife's honor and everything goes back in there and you think he's something's gonna happen and he like knocks on the little accordion thing he says come out he's like no go away it's like all right and he leaves, and then he gets smashed by a 16-ton weight, and it says 16 tons, and it says so much for pathos in a little title card. Kicking the nuts, man. Like, all right, <laughs> the end.
0: Great. The end. Great. A couple more animation things. The carnivorous pram.
1: This is, like, when I started to notice, all right, we got some some munching going on, some gobblers. That it's that baby carriage one that's perhaps like the only one he should have executed as far as the gobblers go is the woman pushing the carriage. And the woman, everyone who they come across who looks in and goes, oh, what a cute little bit. The carriage swallows him up and they get gobbled and she goes on to the next one. And uh, eventually the tables are turned by some, uh, once again, some godlike figure. Like there's something yeah. about them and God. They're day ex machinos. figures. <laughs> yeah. They love them. Uh... uh david's leaf yep uh that one's fine it's cute it's kind of cute it's like try to
0: take that little leaf off of david's little pee pee
1: this like stretchy arm the arm extends all the way across our screen to try and grab the leaf from david's uh obscured penis on his statue that's another that's something i like is um just by taking real art cutting it out in that gilliam style presenting it in whatever context he wants inherently makes a statement about art and the art piece itself. That's just how it goes with the art world. Mm -hmm. And and maybe he knows that. Maybe every artist knows that. So I think it it almost adds, like, a certain pathos to it or something. But that's if you project a little.
0: Anyway. (laughs) Um, So then we come to the the sketch that makes you hate Eric Idle, which is Nudge Nudge. It really uh... seals the deal for me. (laughs) It's really like... Ooh, you, 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 you You set you up with the last one and this one just spikes it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, like I find it very, like the sketch is very annoying for what the punchline is. Uh, and it feels like the kind of sketch that we would have written. (sighs) I knew you were going to say that. Like we would have written as teenagers, uh, which I don't know if that's to, take away credit from them or to give us too much credit <laughs> um but yeah like the, the punchline being what's it like like oh really
1: that's he's we oh, okay. you you guys have probably heard about the the nudge nudge wink wink it's like a it's like a really like cringy nerdy dude who comes up to you at a bar and like your wife's not even there like in the context of this um the dude uh what's what's this actor's uh this member jones He's uh, asking. He's asking Terry Jones about his wife, and the guy's just trying to have a quiet drink, and he's all like, "She up for it? Is she a sport? You know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Say no more. You know, like." And he just keeps like cringing it up, and the guy's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Oh, you, like." And he thinks that like he's playing along so that he continues, and then yeah, as Jared said, the punchline. But yeah, it's like that, and it's funny you say that. And um, there's one other one that I I literally did write, um, and I was like, oh. This is a Uh, all right. I'm glad I never we never executed this, because um you would have said hopefully that this was a Monty python sketch and it's the one with the restaurant where the um the staff if they fuck up they take like I had a funny idea where they take into the back and they're like you hear them getting the shit beat out of them like by the manager (laughs) just for like small things like that and then sure enough it happens in the this movie so you know like I can't say that I. When I when when we're writing the same premises for sketches, I guess I can't say I completely hate these guys, right? <laughs> right. You know, unless I hate myself, possible. But,
0: um, yeah, that's that's. Really <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> anyway, what is this fruit uh, one? <laughs> Self defense against what is fresh fruits. Series one, episode four. This is just. A less funny version of the sergeant in Meaning of Life who excuses all of them f- for all the That's things right. that
1: they want to do. I love that one way more than this one. This one oh, is absolutely. confusing.
0: It's like... It's kind of funny. If Honestly, it would be funnier if it was like half the length. And honestly, it, like the Wikipedia entry says, no, this version is much shorter than the original TV version. Well, goddamn, because this... <laughs> Is way too long as it is. I I feel like a, like you kind of just once the first guy attacks with the banana, it's like, all right, you just get out of there. Get, you know, like you get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's. It's, like, the
1: character's obsessed with fruit. Like, he talks about how much they need to eat fruit. And then he's like, all right, today we're going to go over how to defend a guy, like, against a guy with a mango. And they're like, we've done that already. How about a guy with a sharp stick? We want to learn actual skills. And he's all like, no, what about cherries? Done it. Like, he just lists fruit until he gets to banana. And, I'm like, this is the sketch? Like, what is this? This is, to yeah. me, like a Frank Apples sketch. Then that's re- <laughs> that's between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean yeah, because of the sure. fruit. It's like, it's just a weird character do, saying weird things because they're weird. Question mark.
0: Yeah. The premise is like fruit is this guy's uh, whole deal mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. And um, then speaking of whatever we move right into God, I feel so like, so down on mighty Python as this episode. I knew out. I was going
1: to be the voice of dissent. I did I wasn't sure about you. Yeah.
0: I mean, I still, I still dig them. It's just, I don't know, man. I think, <laughs> I, I guess, I, uh, I guess, I just really like Meaning of Life more than anything else.
1: I was just about to say, I think Meaning of Life, I, I appreciate a lot more because it's, it's more cohesive thematically. They have a, a whole thing going on, and it's such a big, it's the meaning of life. Like Monty I mean, Python is going to solve the meaning of life. Like this, just the already is a is a hilarious uh, setup. Because mm. that's rich. These guys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway.
0: Um. So yeah, we move on to the Colonel's warning, series yes. one, episode eight, where uh, Graham Chapman is just warning everybody that don't, don't let the sketch get too silly.
1: Here, okay. May I? If I here's a, I thought I thought this was like it's starting to get redundant. The the meta self referential stuff because like there's a lot of those Terry Gilliam. Interstitials. There's a few of them that are like, we apologize for the content of that previous sketch. They're like very like aware and they hope that they're getting your goat a little, I feel. And that's like part of their thing. But, um... This one, I'm just like, all right, enough with this. Like, he's literally looking at us and saying, the, "I'm the, the previous sketch was silly. I'm like basically here to outlaw silliness." And like, that would work if it was at the top of the movie. That's where I think it would work. And then you have him come like throughout the movie, like uh, maybe three more times. You know, that's how you. I feel like you should handle the the colonel's warning.
0: Yeah, I just don't
1: do the Colonel. It's just he's, <laughs> he's not doing anything funny. Yeah, I know. I don't think this guy, at Chap- I don't think Chapman's very funny, to be honest. He's like the straight man of the he group. Does,
0: he does have the least funny things going in most of his right?
1: projects. And then uh, Jones, like. he's to me no offense to Jones he's like a glorified extra at least in this movie in large capacity he's like grating cheese in the background or he's like a waiter he's he's definitely like a supporting player (laughs) you know what
0: he feels like Mm. he feels like here's a here's a reference that I know you'll get but like (laughs) most most people won't he feels like Ruben Valtiera yeah weird al's keyboardist because he looks like him too (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, but because the whole bit with him is like, he's quote unquote, the new guy, even though he's been there like Uh, seven years less than the rest of the guys. And uh that's still like over 40 years or so. But like. And I'm not saying that Terry Jones came into this late. I'm just saying that's what he feels like. He like, feels as like just the like, quote-unquote
1: new guy, but he's yeah, been Yeah, the, the guy group. that they
0: treat like the new guy. Yeah. He's been there,
1: like, the whole time. It does feel like he's slumming it <laughs> in these sketches, <laughs> as if he knows he's maybe kind of not as important as these guys. But, like, that, maybe he's like Ringo, you know? He knows his place,
0: yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, even in Meaning of Life, too, I'm just like, and it went, I did goo. I'm like, okay, okay, here's, got it.
1: Here's my thing, Jer. I'm going to assume that most of the, like, like the one where he beats the rats to death, like, I'm going to assume they wrote those for themselves. Like, if, if, if he's starring in it, I'm going to assume that he wrote it. Like that. And would, I mean, yeah, one would assume. So, Based on the things he stars in, and quote unquote his writing, if that is the case, this guy is—he is kind of not as good as the others. Like just like broad, like like mute killing animals and then running away from the authorities, like weird shit like that. No shade, Jones, but like it's clear you're not as um, deep or as uh, uh, funny, perhaps, or as good a writer as these other guys. Yeah. But anyway, um, Hell's, Hell's Grannies, right?
0: Yeah. Hell's Grannies, series one, episode eight. Also, uh, you know, pretty much following from the Colonel's warning because he once again pops in. Um, yeah, this is one of those high concept mm-hmm. sketches that's, like you were saying earlier, presented in that format. How uh, not you, to be you're...
1: seen, kind of, you know. Um, yeah, like I, I, this is what they excel at to me is like we'll get we'll get a stuffy British narrator who who speaks in a serious tone, we'll juxtapose it with something really outlandish and we'll market it or we'll present it as like a something happening culturally that, that's shaking the nation. Like everybody is affected by this. It reminds me of um the Outtake in Talladega Nights, packs of stray wild dogs that are controlling <laughs> most, major <laughs> most major cities. Like that's like now if they did a, a news report of that, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> Sure. Instead, we get grannies, you know, hell so that's grannies.
0: It's just like, like, I don't know, in a more modern context, it would be, like you'd see something like this. It would just be contextualized slightly differently where mm-hmm. it would be. Um, I don't know. There's just there's just a certain level of energy that the grannies have that is <laughs> kind of like, OK, this is one that, again, would like it plays better for a live audience because it's like once the audience sees the grannies it's like ah okay like ha ah, ha 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 there's yeah. the joke and then now we can all enjoy it together and instead when there's no laugh track at all it's just i flat
1: i i really I actually really enjoyed this this is one of my favorites in the movie i think i just have a soft spot for old people acting like young punks <laughs> like that's that'll always yeah. make me laugh that, yeah. that
0: is pretty funny
1: there's a great episode of community where the the character letter and uh, the frozen pizza review guy who's like 75 at the community college he like he hangs out with like a group of roughnecks and they're like stealing and just like t- you know talking shit it's hilarious um the next
0: one camp square bashing camp square bashing that's where they're doing their like drills and like they kind of do the effeminate dance and you know oh yeah yeah times before it's fine you know, I'm sure it was a subversive idea at the time, but it's not whatever. <laughs> it's like, hey, look how it doesn't even it doesn't yeah. play quite even the same way. Like, I, I'm sure that the intention, they're probably not trying to necessarily make a statement mm-hmm. about uh, any one in their armed forces. But I don't know. I- and it also just doesn't play that, you know, Americans have such a different view of the troops.
1: I feel like you could categorize these and and thusly I could probably rate each category by quality. Like animation of course gets its own category. These these documentary style satire ones we're talking about gets its own certainly. But the let's make something masculine, feminine and and gender bend is a is definitely a Monty python category that they they've dipped their feet in many many times. Sure. And that's like exactly what we got because you get that with the fucking lumberjack song just moments later in this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. throw that in the, the bin, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, as far right. as as far as that goes, if I were to rate that category, <laughs> and no one asked, I'd probably give it like a a five. Uh, it's very mid. The the satire ones are like yeah eight for me, but anyway. Sure.
0: Uh, followed by animation, the prince in the black spot, and animation, oh yeah, the uh, prince getting a spot on his face, ignoring it, and then dying of cancer. And then the spot like,
1: jumps oh, off, right. and, and like it's anthropomorphized. Hey,
0: spoilers are like, what a
1: surprise. It's an anthropomorphized thing that makes funny noises, and then it uh, jumps on like some stuffy-looking like British prime minister or whatever general's face and suffocates him, and ha, 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 <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um anyway, the next one is really really it felt like
0: it went on forever. Yes, and it's <laughs> it's just nonsense. Uh-huh. It's Kilimanjaro um, Expedition is the name of the this. It's the most the most British of the sketches in this. Uh-huh. In my opinion. Series 1, episode 9. Uh yeah, Idol is there and it, like he's going to join John Cleese on a expedition to uh climb both peaks of mount kilimanjaro this guy's got double vision mm-hmm. and like that is the whole gag but like it takes a while for it to really start to pick up steam and even then it's not that much
1: uh uh-huh. i'm getting ahead here in the premise and i think i'll give him this i'll give monty python this and and this is something that tim and Erica uh, does really well and perhaps is inspired by money python is the great fake names herbert anchovy <laughs> 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 eric praline i guess it's his first name and food <laughs> but then they got ernest scribbler just like i like their fake names a lot like they i think they excel at fake names <laughs> i didn't crelm toothpaste to and shrill petrol like just like crelm toothpaste does sound like a timid and eric and they make a bad like ad for it it looks gross you know Krell yeah anyway um, Kil- the Kilimanjaro one I'm sorry so he has like double vision that's the bit John Cleese and he like he sees doubles of everything and like that's he's like oh all four of you here are gonna go on this thing but it's like sir, there's only one of me and then like another guy comes in and scales his fireplace because he's like impaired
0: it's just it, yeah it's just obnoxious it's yeah. just trash in the scene
1: it's terrible yeah, we Should got it really loud, call? too. Like, my cat yeah. did not appreciate it. <laughs> He's like, what the hell I is like... these?
0: What, what the hell are these British people doing?
1: Turn these down. <laughs> turn it down. Then we got... God damn, turn
0: it down. <laughs> Shit.
1: Girls in bikinis. and got some sexy young women posing in bikinis. The sound of lecherous male sla- sla- slavering? Slavering? S- we're both reading the same Wikipedia, uh, even though we watched the movie. You know, hey.
0: Yeah, it's because this is just a, a quick transitional sketch yeah. that leads to him, John Cleese saying, and now for something completely different yet again in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then you know this is, again, I, I saw this sketch used as the ending of the parrot sketch when mm-hmm. we saw it on SNL. I don't know if this is if that's how it ended, but mm-hmm. want to come back to my place, Michael Palin just asks a police officer if he wants to come back to his place yeah and then he agrees and then yeah that's it ha, 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 ha. you know what's way 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 funnier mm. the two gay cops in the simpsons movie <laughs> that was funny <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna do a gay cop joke that's the best
1: one yep I agree. Yeah, this one they're just casually like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go have casual sex." Like, hey, and they might as well look at the camera and go. But you weren't expecting that. <laughs> but, uh-huh. like, and we get okay. I talked about how this feels like it's written. This feels
0: like it's like writ- it like it written by Terry Jones. <laughs> like, like it's That's just fine. It's and, cute. Like, you know, I, I I like it, but to me, this is a cold opening sketch that is in the middle of a movie. Like, this is a sketch that should be. Very much at the beginning of something. It's. And even. You even have a title card.
1: It's a little too obvious for me. Yeah. Maybe. I'm sorry to sound like a dick. (laughs) Speaking of dicks, it's called the Flasher. Yeah. Guy Uh, walking
0: around flashing people. We don't see anything until the very end. He flashes the camera and it's a sign that says boo. Yeah. He's got full full clothes on. And all the Uh, women he
1: walks by, they're like, they're like out, you know, whoa! Like. Yeah, it, it's it's a sign that says boo. Like it's it's cute it's, more than anything. You know what it is to me? It's a Ringo.
0: <laughs> it's a Ringo. It's uh,
1: all my. It's, it's an octopus's
0: uh, garden, or
1: with with a little help from my friends, which is actually one of my favorite Beatles songs. So it's there fun. you go. Yeah. Um, animation. honestly, I
0: I prefer the, the the Joe Cocker version.
1: Oh really? The really really slowed down.
0: Uh, yeah, the raspy one. Years
1: version. Really. I like yeah. the upbeat one.
0: I don't know because I heard I I I was so used to hearing that. Yeah. And then I'm just like, yeah, that's you know, it's a song of sing of I I get that pace and the energy that Joe Cocker brought to and then it's just like, What would you think if i sang all <laughs> <of it?"> like <laughs> oh I man know. you're kinda of singing out of tune right now. What do I think uh, about it? It's it's fine.
1: <laughs> it to me that song's an endorphin rush. I like it makes me happy. But um I was saying to Micah, speaking of the Beatles documentary, I can't tell if it's because objectively it's a great song or if because, you know, they're playing rehearsals of the same songs, so they're beating them over into your head. But my favorite Beatles song is, um, I got a feeling off of uh, that album, Let It Be. Be I think, and I was like, I can't tell, Mike, if it's because it happened i you hear it for hours and hours <laughs> or if it's like a good song but like i think it's cuz it's just I, I dig that song quite a bit but sure. you might get the same feeling when you watch that uh i got a feeling but uh anyway um
0: Where the I flasher mean, boo um, um animation american defense mhm ads this is the cruel toothpaste and the shrill petrol that you were talking about before Yes, uh, yeah. I don't remember this at all, honestly.
1: Uh, oh, this one was weird. Like, and racist. It was a bunch of like little yellow animated Terry Gilliam. Oh figures yeah, yes. Come in, and they take now this uh, animated woman away. It's it's all animated, and uh, of course, yeah, she gets taken away and. Uh, Oh, it's, yeah, a, it's a report right. on communism. Like, it's about how, like, communism, as demonstrated in this set of teeth here, once it rots one tooth, then it shows it decay and, like, fall off. And it's like it gets to all the other teeth, and it ruins society. And then basically that's why this is an ad for Creme Toothpaste.
0: Like, okay. <laughs> it's just weird. But anyway, yeah. next one. Uh, uh, let me transition into you'll never take me alive, copper. This one murderer of the shrewd is subdued when the police dropped. Another sixteen ton weight is used in this movie. hmm Oh yeah. The this is this just feels like almost like channel flipping yes. in the middle of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I can't really it doesn't really stand out. The dancing teeth is it like a classic
1: animated bit, but I don't you can you can leave that on the cutting room floor.
0: Conrad Poos and his dancing teeth. <laughs> Another weird fake name. Conrad
1: Poos uh but yeah you see some musical
0: mice um yes series 1 episode 2 this is another one that like i'm i you know this is very similar to the um oh god what's the fucking character's like marvin Scruggs or something like that it's, it's a muppet sketch where he's like playing the phone. oh yeah 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 and that, like all those little heads are saying ow every time yeah. he bends, like that's a funnier version of this to way me, cuter,
1: way better than this. This is, a, once again, a Ringo, but Ringo was drinking heavily and had a dark yeah. weekend, fucking Mr. Uh, Jones. Because it's a Jones.
0: Um, yeah, and he's basically hitting mice with the hammer, and sque- they're squeaking to the tune of three blind mice. And
1: You could argue uh, that the brilliant part is that, like, I, I'm sorry to, like, I have to pitch each one of these. Like, he goes up to an audience, he says... These are my musical mice. You expect them to sing Three Blind Mice because he's like, here's the tune of Three Blind Mice. It's just him humming Three Blind Mice while smashing them with a a mallet. To me, I think that's the genius part is him humming the Three Blind Mice. It's not even coming from the mice. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, you could argue that that's the genius of that. But I think it's just like broad and sick.
0: (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He gets chased out and it, it leaks into the next one, doesn't it? Yep.
0: And there's your Mr. Show right again.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 This one is pre between two ferns, and Cleese is not doing it as well as Gal like Galifianakis. I guess ran so that Cleese like walked so that he could run. But like, fucking Cleese is so obnoxious, and you know he's supposed to be. But ooh.
0: Yeah. It's 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 not the it's not as funny as Zach Galifianakis doing this kind of thing.
1: You're right he he's gonna keep referring to um graham chapman who once again is playing a straight man <laughs> go figure and he's a filmmaker who takes himself very seriously and he keeps calling him pussycat eddie baby angel drawers frank because uh, apparently frank, president nixon had a hedgehog named frank like we don't need to hear it just keeps going on i don't like are people is this is anybody getting anything out of this is what i ask myself like you no. can end it now
0: yeah, but then you got to have the fucking the other guy running through the sketch mm-hmm. from the last one. And then I guess that excuses this other whatever you saw before, because it's like, oh, it's kind of bleeding from the other sketch. I don't know, whatever.
1: This next one's a nine out of 10, baby. The milkman one.
0: Ah uh, yes, okay. Jared, to <laughs> Ger- Jared Ger-
1: totally froze. I was like, "Hello." <laughs> Let me I tap to, my I screen here.
0: I was, I was reading the premise because I, I. This is where I start to get a little dozy while watching the movie. Nine out of ten um, for me. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he is seduced into the home by a milkman. Is seduced into the home by a woman, and they go upstairs. A room with a bunch of other fucking, a bunch of milkmen.
1: That's right. It's like they set it up to where. Um... Well, uh, you know, it's like you said. It's just—I love the way they execute it. I think it's mm-hmm. done really well. You remember
0: in Sweeney Todd when, when, when uh, his daughter is in that room with all the other blonde girls? You know, uh, it's like that, except there—you know, guys—the famous you know. blonde girl horde
1: the, scene, where they're locked away. Um, he has to go. He has to go save Joanna. Joanna, I see you. <laughs> i probably i think i watched that during my honeymoon <laughs> we were on the road and we brought it with us like to watch at one of the airbnbs
0: um good times bring a little uh, blood with you into, yeah. a, into, into an airbnb sure. yeah <clears throat> um <clears throat> the funniest, funniest joke in the yeah. world what do you think of this one
1: uh, i don't like it it's <laughs>
0: It's fine. It, like I, I'm trying to think of like you know it's like it, you telegraph like it's, it's it, to me it's almost a matter of like I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, how many people are gonna die in this sketch? It's not a matter of like watching this guy die. We know he's gonna die. It's the yep. funniest joke in the world what's gonna happen? you die. Then that means someone else is going to read the joke, and it's going to be a chain reaction. How far do they go? They only go one chain link deep, and that's what bothered me about it.
1: Well, no, then it escalates into the the war, doesn't it? They use it as in military tactics to take out the enemy.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: The, the, I, needed I, I, know, see,
0: I needed I, to see more bodies in that scene. I guess I know that, before we cut away from it.
1: I know you you're saying that and thinking it because it doesn't. It feels very disjointed when they cut to the war section of the same sketch. You're like, oh, it's the same sketch, like. Yeah, they it's very much like the 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 Hungarian one. It has like a part 2 that's like an, another level. A, dare I say a Mr. Show level, but not done as well in this where it like they use that joke that makes people die laughing in like I said Tactics in the War. And I think that's kind of clever, but like it's not very funny as it is as much as it is clever. Right. So, yeah, there yeah. you have it. That's all. It's
0: a, another note says this sketch is considerably shorter than its TV version. So maybe more. I don't remember. Maybe more people died in the TV version. Like five people. Came I'm into sure. the am and They all
1: die. I'm sure.
0: That's the hope. You need to see. You need a body count for this sketch. This sketch needs a pile of bodies by the end.
1: How many? I gotta count now. How many fucking animations are there in this? Because I'm looking at. We're looking at sketches and it's numbered, right? And there's so many goddamn animation. It takes up like half the movie. You
0: know? Yeah. I mean, they're all so short, but when you look at a list, it's uh-huh. like half the list. Yep. Seven, eight, nine. Old lady waiting for the bus. I don't remember. I think I fell asleep by this point for a couple of minutes.
1: 17. 17 of 45 are animations, you know? It's like wow. a third.
0: Yeah. These next three animations, I don't remember at all. Yeah, I I I I didn't snap back into it until the parrot sketch.
1: Yeah, let me take a look. I gotta get back, get back, get back,
2: get back.
1: Um, Killer cars, cars turn vicious. Begin. Oh, what a surprise! They begin eating people in the animation known as the killer (laughs) cars. Wow. And then we got dancing Venus. The oh, this was cute. It was a giant cat that was kind of taking over a city. And uh, it eats a building, and then like a bunch of animals go in a sausage grinder. You got guys, you got to be there to see it. <laughs> Apparently, no, nah, I don't know. You don't have to, but this is okay. And this one I built up a lot for Katie, my wife, because um, I was like, like I guess this is the most popular Monty Python sketch. It's the parrot one, but uh, even without the build up, I don't think she would have would have made a peep. It's just like it's dry. And it's like you get the premise in the first 30 seconds, you're like, huh. And then it just goes on and on and on, <laughs> like, in my opinion, and hers. I mean, I don't know, like
0: <clears throat> excuse me. it would be it's another one of those just like translation of humor, because like if the Michael Palin character was an even bigger idiot. Mm-hmm. Trying to cover up for it, like in an American, like real, just like this guy's a moron. Mm-hmm. It maybe, maybe, it, maybe it, it hit harder. But again, I don't know. I was so used to the sketch that it, it's it's hard to even remember. Yeah, the impact it would have on somebody, but it, clearly it had no impact on her. So,
1: it's just like there's only like the like when the joke is, how many times can I can I, different ways can I say that the parrot's dead? That's not a joke to me. (laughs) He says, this parrot is no more. It's an ex-parrot. It has no heartbeat. Like, I get it, dude. Please, you don't have to keep describing that it's dead. Like, you think you're nailing it. I
0: I mean, that's the thing. That's that's why this sketch works with a live audience is because you can use the energy and the laughs from the audience to build. And when you have no laughter... Yeah, You're building energy and it's just coming off as like, fuck off, man. Shut I, up.
1: I will agree with you on that. I think uh, this does beg for an audience to uh, build and build with the each uh, time he describes a new line. But yeah, with this totally flat, you know, I got more of an amusement out of the Lumberjack song because it was a shot of energy after this like little mini slog.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It you know it transitions right into that he the shop owner says he wanted to be a lumberjack and Mister right Show that. yeah um the lumberjack song let's mm-hmm. let me think here I I can't speak negatively about the lumberjack song because I am a huge Weird Al fan and this is like I don't know it feels very much in the in the style of like a Weird Al story song where you're like you're starting and then it's gonna build to this thing mm-hmm. i think what i'm missing from it you know and it works for me I, I do like the lumberjack song i always have mm-hmm. but what i think i'm missing from it now is like i need it to go even further mm-hmm. i need it to become yes. less about transvestite yes stuff and more about just like horrific like deplorable violence or something like that just something like inhumane i, I kill
1: 10 bunnies a day
0: yeah <laughs> like, like they just not like absolute nonsense and yes, horrible yes so it needs to transition more it needs another turn
1: i i'm with <laughs> you and i didn't even think about that till you said that i was like how do you i didn't even think how you fix it, it just i was thinking objectively at this i as, as it is and just contextually this is a, it's a different time <laughs> This yeah, is a different. time. I give this an 8 despite all that but because the, like the, what they're doing is I love when they challenge masculinity. When any group of men in a sketch group challenge masculinity like this, yeah.
0: Um yeah, the um uh I'm just looking over it again and uh if there was anything else I had to say. And no, and positions to Cleese. And it's uh, I think
1: that the level of bravado that they deliver and the fact that it's a catchy melody and the you got the uh, the nine Mounties doing the backup Mm -hmm. vocals, like hammering his previous statements home with the big chorus. It it works. It really does.
0: If I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. the show is shot in one wide shot where. Palin is in the foreground and the other guys yeah. are in the background. And I think that works better too, to mm-hmm. see somebody into the song and to see their face when the other people are reacting to the weird things that he said. Yep. I think you kind of need that.
1: I agree. I think some of these don't work as little shorts probably like, and this is something coming from somebody who has no basis really. So I should probably shouldn't be talking, but sometimes you can't like, like the director is probably thinking I'm going to direct the shit out of this and I'm going to ma- elevate these, these that were shot on a soundstage, these sketches, when really, like, that probably is the prime way to watch these sketches, you know? No,
0: yeah, honestly, a lot of these sketches just need to be one wide shot and they'll be fine. <laughs>
1: a live show, basically. Comedy lives in a wide. Ah, yes. The, the Ramus philosophy, or, or many others, we talked about this, but that's how I learned about the, the comedy and the wide. How'd you learn
0: about it? Uh osmosis, I think. Just like <laughs> just to kind of you learn through think, directing. <laughs> I think I think I learned I think I kind of recognized it and then I heard it crystallized in words with yeah. like somebody saying, Comedy lives in the wide. I'm like, yes, that's that's what I've been thinking. Yes. There was something like that Stop moving into close ups for these lines. You don't need to have that line in a close up. There was something like that
1: I wish I could remember. I was like just like that as you put it it was crystallized in words officially i was like i always knew that it's just like it was never fucking written in stone in front of me or like presented officially yeah no one ever said
0: here's the rule
1: yeah yeah but i know exactly what you're talking about uh the dirty fork that's the one that's the sketch i came up with like you know i hate to like toot my own horn but like I backed away graciously, and I like. Of course, you got to give credit. These guys beat me by fifty, <laughs> like 40, <laughs> 45 years, let's say. But I do love the self—the idea of a self-flagellating like waiter. I would have executed it a lot differently. This premise, yeah. um, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel. <laughs> I can. You know feel my writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I still, I, I just for the premise itself, I, I dig it. I'll give it props. You know.
0: I. I did kind of like the very quick and now the punchline and then cutting to like Graham Chapman delivering the last line. But again, I think it should have been a little bit wider where you should have just because you only kind of see a couple of them. But I would have liked to seen all of the dead bodies yeah, just yeah. laying there on the table.
1: And of course, the punchline. Um, lucky that I didn't tell I didn't about the,
0: them about the dirty knife.
1: <laughs> it sounded a bit like Roger Moore Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, once again, doing his straight man thing, Mr. Graham Chapman. Um, I wonder if he got. Did they all get paid the same? Like, I know that can definitely drive a wedge in between creative forces. I, I mean,
0: the, according to the Wikipedia, the budget was like eighty thousand pounds. So, like, I don't even know, like, what that would have translated to. I heard they probably um... all took a slight little lump.
1: I heard, not not counting Gilliam, of course, since there were five of them, I heard uh, two and two Roten teams except for Eric Idle. I don't know which two and two. So, like, whenever they would vote, Eric Idle's vote would count as two or something like that, uh, hmm. just, just to give some insight on the dynamics, uh, some li- very limited <laughs> insight yeah. on their dynamic. Two and two is some two guys. And, yeah. Pairs. Yeah. But uh, maybe perhaps Cleese, and uh, I don't even want to speculate. Anyway, we got uh, animations. More animations eh, than I've forgotten. Yeah, honestly, I kind of, like, all right, I'm done with these animations. No shade, Gilliam, but I'm done. Uh, Woman, several small holes along a woman's leg. Woman straightens her leg out, and the man plays her like an ocarina. Okay, so once again, the kind of, like, objectifying or anthropomorphizing or just kind of taking one thing and making it something else in his animation and making it silly. Yeah, How to build certain interesting things.
0: Yeah, that was just a bunch of stuff being, yeah, dropped and banging it with a hammer and it kind of turns into this weird thing with an arm and then that arm like transitions into like that's the bank robber holding his arm out. Ugh.
1: I didn't like this one.
0: No, this is another like bad one god i feel so bad for like, like as we're going on here i'm like i know i like them more than this but
1: i just feel like cleese puts on like he wears like this like hamburglar type outfit without the hat and he comes into this lingerie shop to stick him up and i'm like in his head he's like this will make them laugh <laughs> like it's, it's not that funny <laughs> like when he and says it's just that yeah it's
0: that same kind of like really basic sketchy twist ending of just like Okay, make it off with a pair of panties instead of like yeah the money, you know like all right we get it
1: Mm-hmm. it doesn't have much uh the the no pun intended doesn't have much legs the uh the sketch itself fundamentally you know you can only then you write yourself in a corner just by uh having the sketch exist <laughs> and suddenly yeah you just have to end it you know but uh river Link.
0: That's just John Cleese walking to deliver the line again. Oh,
1: right. Okay. That gets its own number in this list here. Of it's exclusive sketches. <laughs> to the film, too. Ooh. Oh. Uh, next one's about Eric Idle sees people falling past the window at a job. or. A yeah, they're they're like rise. sitting down.
0: Yeah, they're mm-hmm. sitting down and like people are falling out the window and he kind of notices. And then he's like, I don't think somebody fell out the window. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm more yeah.
1: dark dry humor you know yeah. they it's their bread and butter it's their shtick like i think it's probably 12 year old me really would have appreciated this i like, i think that's the prime me to appreciate this like i like yeah. i was super even edgier than now if you can believe it and uh i didn't see all of the patterns or all of like the the cliches or the tropes just quite yet and Let's face it; these guys set a lot of these, so you have to recognize that. But yeah, I just I think I would have appreciated this more then. Yeah,
0: it's hard to for sixty year old comedy to have the same impact. It's true, true, um, and it's like um, I
1: love we, we we introduce you introduce your boys to Stooges, and they they took to it like Jack oh, took to it immediately. God damn it! Did he take to it? But it's like that's. I think is like it'll always be funny, sure, objectively, but like, what's the prime Stooge audience? Like, I think it's young boys, right? Like him. Oh, one hundred percent. Ten year olds, maybe.
0: You can't get a fifteen year old just suddenly into Stooges. I don't think yeah. if they didn't
1: care before. So, like, you got a prime audience for them. You got a prime audience, perhaps for Python, but I bet it's arguably like. It, it can I think range, Python. You know.
0: Here's what I think happens is like. Mm-hmm. You know, Stooge is around five, six years old, and then like the next thing that'll be like your next comedy level up is getting into SNL, which is going to happen around mm-hmm. nine or ten, mm-hmm. and then a couple years after you're used to SNL, that's when you graduate to Monty Python, and you're like, okay, well now you're, it's comedy, but you're like, there's there's sophistication to that comedy, quote mm-hmm. unquote, that's been applied to it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think his next three levels are.
1: I'm really I'm really sad though it's just not it's not the same it doesn't hit as the same it hits differently as the kids say the institutions that are SNL and the Simpsons we lived in such rich times we lived we lived in like we, we, granted it wasn't the best but it was like it was the gen x will ferrell jim brewer sherry o'terry era not too bad like but pretty bad but at least it's not like i don't i sound like an old man but but today i think i find it so insufferable uh snl
0: I, i've never i haven't watched an snl in years but there's a I reason can tell you right now the big problem is that there's just way too many fucking cast members now you think that's the issue? I think there's they pander like too much to trends also. Like, they're way too pandery. I just think, you know what? It's just like it's a younger generation. There's there's like 30 cast members, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, they're going to talk about stuff that they're experiencing. And if there's a bunch of, like, younger 20-year-olds yeah. experiencing stuff, it's different from what we I'm getting in our old, almost 40s are experiencing.
1: I just, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, you're right. I think I just have to accept that comedy is changing and young comedy but is different. So
0: Here's the other thing, too, is that, like, just the landscape of all of this stuff has changed because all the stuff that I used to have an appreciation for, I now have learned too much about. I and know. therefore, I'm like, I've now seen, like, you the know, the more patterns, I, too. You know, the more stories I hear about Lorne Michaels, the more I'm like, fuck SNL and fuck him. I know. And I, yeah. it sucks, but like, and and it's, it sucks too, because you like, you hear all these people who used to be on SNL tell these stories. And I'm like, that's a shitty environment. That's not yeah. a good environment to be in. And that's a shitty way of handling people the way that Lauren Michaels kind of doesn't handle people a lot. It I don't know.
1: And, and then to get broader, I'm learning that about Hollywood and just the film industry. And it's an industry I've wanted to be a part of like my whole mm-hmm. life. And I'm like in me and my, my wife, we say fame is a, a black mirror situation. I don't know if we want no, it, man. I
0: don't. I, I definitely don't want <clears throat> fame. Yeah. I want, I, you know, I want to be able to support myself yes. with my creative endeavors. Your passion. Like, yeah. Yeah. But. Like, yeah, like, and there's certain things like I hear a lot about the back, like the behind the scenes of Hollywood and stuff like just from other podcasts and stuff and certain elements of the business I like hearing about and would be interested in participating in. Uh Even that stuff that's just like this has nothing to do with talent. It's about like you're scratching my back and I'm going to scratch yours. But like the way that those deals are made, I find interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But. I don't like the
1: alliances I hear about, like, that's how you, like, why Kristen or, like, Will Ferrell partnered up with Adam McKay, head writer. That's kind of maybe perhaps why, well, Will Ferrell's great, but maybe that's his launch pad, you know, like, these kind of alliance. I don't like the, it's kind of like nepotism to me a bit. Um, Well, if
0: you're on the same level, it's not really nepotism. It's just, like, we're both going to get each other through this, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, know. maybe it's like military school, like SNL. Yeah, you got to find I a, just, a good partner. I am,
0: I'm so glad that I never like I did. You know, when I was young, had the SNL dream to be on that show, but I like dropped that dream when I, yeah, at, at, like early, you know, uh, and w- while we were still doing other stuff, so I was like, no, I can still do comedy, and I don't need to be on SNL, and I don't need that to be my career path or my goal because, god damn it, I would be. Like, I'd be one of those people who's on for a season and, like, doesn't play ball and then gets, like, canned and, like, then I become Jim Brewer. <laughs> I don't want to be Jim Brewer. I don't want to be Jay Moore or Jeff Richards.
1: I don't know. It's, but um, this, you but then you got me, people uh,
0: like Rob Riggle and Dave Keckner, who's, like, they did one season and, they're like, they're more popular now than the yeah. one season they
1: were ever or on. Right. SNL. RDJ, you know, movie star. It's just different things, you know. But well, that was definitely a different time. Different time. Um, you reminded me of a quote, though. And this is, I mean, Justin Roiland has had his own controversy. So I don't even know why I'm quoting this. But I always thought I liked this. This is from season four of Rick and Morty. It's like, uh, outer space is like, uh, you kids, uh, it's like SNL. You uh, you dream of getting on it, but it dreams of removing all the air from your body and making you float around in it for eternity as a mummified corpse. Like, yeah. <laughs> SNL is outer space. Like, uh, never been compared before, <laughs> <laughs> in any other uh, thing. So, um, sometimes they they hit hard like that. Um, sounds apt. Yeah. They. they yeah. Like that apt pupil.
2: Yeah.
1: But yes we uh, are a
0: couple more animations i don't care the vocational guidance <laughs> counselor series one episode 10 yep no longer wants to be a chartered accountant and dreams of being a lion tamer.
1: yeah by the time okay this is when i was like this
0: by the time we got to this one i'm like these are the best sketches i am i am absolutely i'm, I'm pretty much checked out for the rest of this movie uh, as i'm looking at these sketches Something about you know. stock footage of a
1: lion that's scaring uh, Michael Palin as he's trying to convince him that he doesn't want to be an accountant and Cleese is telling him your best job is being an accountant. And, like, also, like, look at this. And, it, like, they literally cut to, like, stock footage of a lion and, like, then they cut back to Palin. Like, uh, he, he gets scared. He cries out that he just wants to see his name in lights and his wish is granted by a magic fairy. Yeah. Uh, which is idle and drag, ha ha ha, with a mustache. I don't, yeah, I don't need this. I don't know what this is. Like, it's just weird. Uh, next one. The blackmail one. This is like a cute... I feel like if these guys didn't do it, somebody else probably would have made this a sketch like on a stage show, an indie show, a major show, somewhere. And it's the premise is it's a game show basically where they get footage of people in compromising situations. And if they don't give them the money at this address, then they are going to show it to the world. Basically, you know, your typical blackmail, but they do it in a game, kind of game show setting, you know, with the lights and the studio.
0: That's That's fun.
1: Yeah, you know, I give it like a, once again, like a 5 or a 6 out of 10. I don't know. Um, what's this Pearl Harbor
0: one after this? Oh, God. So, yeah, <coughs> the colonel appears again, mm-hmm. which, again, keep him. Don't need him. Do something funny, and then you can pop up. Um, and then he he introduces a group of women who are members of the battle towns we to live in. So, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of fucking women beating on each other with handbags and rolling around in the mud.
1: they're dressed as in drag, which is like something like I always thought was synonymous with Python. you'd be surprised how little of it you get in this movie, but you do get uh, some bits you of get them. more on the show yeah, I mean, definitely meaning
0: of life there's more of it it feels
1: absolutely and I feel like they should have played the even in the fucking the romantic uh the marriage counselor one. Fucking, yeah, why not? Just make them one of, like, some somehow they're attractive in the context of this sketch to Eric Just Idle, it, you know? Yeah. Just do
0: it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's less creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's very creepy, as it is, yeah. Oh, remember how I said um, the Milkman one was, like, a 9 out of 10? Yeah. I meant this next one. <laughs> the Milkman one's good. I give that, like, an 8 out of 10. But this romantic interlude one is a nine out of ten for me. I love this one.
0: That's a nice, um, nice quick cut kind of a a sketch. Yeah, it's like uh, (laughs) all you've seen it so many times. It played out with two people about to make love, and then you get all the stock footage of
1: trains entering tunnels, rockets taking off, shit like
0: that. You've seen it parodied a few times and other things. Absolutely. This goes further just shows more clips uh-huh. and then you, you learn that he's just showing this on a projector in the bed
1: <laughs> and she just she just wants to get fucked by him and he just wants she to just... show her stock footage <laughs> i love that it. i love it like and once again if they didn't write this if somebody was gonna do it i feel so you know good on them it just feels like too rich of a, a premise you know Yeah, but uh, the next one, though, this must be some regional shit or like they're working out some chips on their shoulders, even though they're now part of the upper class. Let's face it. But Money Python's their last their big triumphant ending is the upper class twit of the year sketch, which is a like Olympic style thing held at like a, a track. Like a field, and it's being announced, I believe, by Eric Idle, you know, as a voiceover, like a sports announcer doing like high energy, kind of like, oh, and he gets, he's like, and he goes this, and he, but it's about these upper class twits, which you, you all, you guys all know about upper class twits, you know, I don't, I don't even need to describe what an upper class twit is, right?
0: You guys all know what we're saying when I say (laughs) upper class twit. You have, like, three people in your head oh, that immediately come to mind.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> no, they're these guys in suits. They have doofy faces. Basically, like, you can, if you're from Britain, it's probably, like, the product of these rich, gener- old, old money generational doofuses who have all the money but just cannot function in society because they're dumb inbred, <laughs> like, royalty idiots, basically. So, like, now they have these Olympic Games that they're competing in. But, like, it's so, to me, it's some of it's so inside baseball that you're like i don't this doesn't connect with me as an american you know 34 year old in 2023 but uh obviously this must be for somebody else but like what are some like some of the examples are walking along in a straight line oh they can't even do that very funny can't
0: jump over a, a hurdle of two boxes of matches
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, waking up the neighbors by slamming a car door loudly that must be a thing that they like suburban are they commenting on suburban assholes who just
0: slam their car door early in the morning couldn't tell you they're commenting on upper <laughs> class twits so but it doesn't it... sound like suburban assholes no. but that's what we would equate it as uh,
1: the winner will be the first competitor to shoot themselves in the head so they all grab guns and they all like, like they're like looking at the barrels and like they're like oh, a lot of them miss this? yeah I guess, like, they're just dumb and rich and they're himbos. That's the joke. But, yeah, whatever.
0: Or perhaps there's a lot of inbreeding and that's why they look and act that way. I feel like,
1: yeah, I feel like that might most definitely be the case. It's just a question of how much are they acknowledging it here. But and then you get, like, this big, that's that's our big triumphant ending, ladies and gentlemen. The, that's their wrap-up of the movie.
0: That's what we work towards.
1: Here's what I... I really take offense in the end credits and this isn't me virtue signaling because i've thought about this the you got the guy's name starring all of them right in big letters that's fine then you got co-starring and you see in tiny letters the two females names over a grave and an elephant stomps on their
0: tiny ass names it's like i don't fucking yeah that's not fucking nice at all Gilliam. (laughs) They, uh, The women are not a part of this ensemble. They so the, are and also, instruments for the ensemble. And also, fuck them,
1: says, says Terry Gilliam, apparently. I'm going to stomp on them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't appreciate that. And then we get more animation. And just, like, by then I'm like, Mr. Gilliam, great. Uh, put this in a museum. Maybe I'll go see it if I'm in town somewhere. I happen to be. I'm not going to go out of my way. but
0: If I'm going somewhere on business and it happens to be yes, next to a museum that's showing Terry absolutely. Gilliam art and I don't have anything to do that day already and it's uh, cheap, I'll go.
1: <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, and this movie, man, I'd give it like – I'd have to give it like a 5 out of 10, maybe even a 4. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: You know, it is what it is. We yeah. we, uh, we wanted to like it, honestly. I wanted yeah. to love the movie. I wanted to be like, oh, thank God I finally saw this. Mm-hmm. I paid
1: $4 for this. I couldn't even burn one it because there was no seeders. That's right. Nobody's seeding that movie. Nope. No one wants to seed this fucking movie, um, and I know why. And uh, I need to rewatch Meaning of Life because I feel – like, I, I feel hold like, it in higher regard, like, in retrospect. Here's the thing. I can
0: I can tell you right now, I know for a fact that meaning of life will lose you at a certain point. <laughs> and it went with I did
1: goo. You're right. You got Creosote. I think you're right. It's, you it's got... only so
0: much of that. Like, I think that it's better suited for a half hour. Like, yeah. a half hour of that is as much as you can take.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. Sorry. I I uh, tried. But uh, I hope we don't do a we I don't think we can do another Monty Python project.
0: No, I don't believe no. I have any on the over. I, 90.
1: I, I'm thankful for that. I am. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um,
0: That is that is it for us this week. Mm-hmm. Um, We will be back next week with. I don't know what kind of experience that's going to be based on. I got to see the knowledge of what what I know about the movie next week.
1: I got to see what this is Spo- spoilers to nobody. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Are we yeah, having yeah. anybody on for that? Or I'm, I
0: believe I'm going to okay. try. I'm okay. Sure. All right. Um, but it, whether it's just Dan and I or somebody else, it's going to be the, the next week's title holds a, a specific, um, uh title i guess it it, it, it holds a uh, it has a certain award a coveted let's say a coveted award it holds a coveted position yeah um and yeah so we'll uh we'll see how that all goes that's Mm. a lot of teasing and i hope that it works for you guys um but until then i'm jeremy eden i'm dan eden that is a wrap
2: What do you mean you're out of chocolate, how can that be?